Welcome to the Natural Hair Education Podcast, where we empower, educate, and embrace our essence through the love of natural hair. I am your host, Corinthian Carruthers II, and thank you for listening. I am a licensed beauty educator, licensed cosmetologist, and natural hair culturist. I am co-owner of Creative Hair School of Cosmetology and creator of Natural Hair Education, where I guide, teach, and coach beauty school students and professional stylists on their path towards mastering and increasing their value and income in natural hair care and braiding. On this platform, we will discuss real hair stories, break myths, and grow in self-love. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. I have a special guest by the name of Tanya Cross. Tanya Cross is the owner of Ascented Glory, which is a handcrafted women's fashion accessory brand. Her specialty is natural hair accessories and Afrocentric jewelry designs. Her hair designs are created with fabrics and materials that minimize damage to kinky, coily, and curly hair. Her pieces have been featured on Essence, Martha Stewart Shop, Pretty Pretty Black Girl Short Femme, and Eve's Pearls Photo Exhibit. Her designs can be purchased online at Etsy, Amazon, and We Buy Black. They are also available at Milton Road Center of the Arts Gift Shop in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I want to welcome... Tanya to the podcast and make sure you guys stick around so you can hear her story on her going back to being natural. Hi Tanya, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi Corinthian, I am doing great. I am so excited about speaking to you and to your audience. I am a big fan of your podcast. Oh thank you. I'm so excited that you are here. I'm so excited. I recently purchased some of your items. I don't have them yet, but I can't wait to wear them. But let's get into um, exactly what you do. Can you just start off by telling us who you are and what you do? Okay. I am Tanya Cross. I am the accessory designer at Scenic Glory. At Scenic Glory is my handcrafted women's fashion accessory brand. My specialty is natural hair accessory and Afrocentric jewelry designs. So that sums me up in a nutshell. Yep. Okay. So I was on Instagram. Y'all know how we be scrolling through Instagram and you see different products and just different things, period. And I saw jewelry and hair accessories and it was special and it was made especially for natural textured hair. And that just drew me in. So I started, you know, going through her page liking all her pictures and start following her and then inboxing her. So that's how we got here today. So can you just tell us about um, some of your products? I know you have the double um, shell headband, which is popular, I see. And you have different types of earrings. Can you just share with us some of the items that you offer? Okay. Um, If you go through my social media pages, the first thing you're probably going to notice is that I have a lot of cowie shell designs. So first and foremost, Cowie Shells is one of my creative use. Um, I love working with the Cowie Shells and mostly because what initially attracted me to the Cowie Shells is their Afrocentric history, the African history, how the Cowie Shell is one of the first forms of money known to mankind and also they are believed to be a gift from the african water goddess 
um, as well. So that what initially attracted me to the shell. And then when I started working with them and creating designs with them, it just, it was just an energy, like a positive energy um, with creating with those. Um, my designs, I have hair accessories and jewelry designs. Um, my hair accessory designs, I have headbands, I have hair jewelry, I have um, floral hairpins. I'm trying to think of everything off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have um, like a variety of designs. As far as the jewelry designs, I have earrings, I have necklaces, chokers. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? It's, I can tell it's of quality. And I, you know, I'm just waiting to get my earrings and, and my shells. Tell us a little bit more about those shells. So how did you even learn about the connection with those shells and the energy behind it? Well, I did, I did research. I did my research as far as learning the history about the shell and its African roots. Uh, because initially, I was initially just drawn to the shell. And I was like, I want to what, why, you know, what was that energy about? And once I did the research and made the connection, I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Because a lot of the people who wear my designs say that, you know, they feel like, especially the headband design, you mentioned the double cowie shell headband design that I have. And I also have a headband design with um, single mm -hmm. cowie shell, which is like 12 shells. And then the double one is 24 shells. And people always say when they write a review or contact me how when they put the headband on, they felt like a queen. And I was like, yes, that's the energy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I want you to have when you wear my design. So, right. Yeah. So another question I have for you, have you always been into crafting and creating or was it just being attracted to these shells got you more into learning how to create earrings and headbands from them? I've always been into crafting. Um, my, my nine to five, a registered pharmacist, that's my nine to five. So what I do when I creating the designs is kind of like a form of therapy. That's what, <laughs> hey, for that's me because yeah. it relaxes me, it calms me, it brings me joy. It brings me peace. And I do believe that energy as well is transferred into the designs when I'm creating them. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so one thing I did notice about your page is that, well, your, your customers in general is that they're all textured hair or natural hair um, right. people. So right. did you intentionally create your accessories for natural hair and texture hair because you know that yes. oh, okay because you know <laughs> that and like you know this is my first journey on this lock journey i'm trying to get used to it and i am embracing it full wholeheartedly but i do try to find uh accessories to put in my hair and i do notice it tangles like it gets stuck it gets tangled i'm like oh my goodness so when right. i saw that you offered that and you had on there um natural hair accessories i'm like this is perfect let me you know let me go purchase from her 
And right, right. so was that always the goal to create a product for those who are natural? Yes, because for me personally, I went natural in 2001. And when I went, and I've always enjoyed wearing um, hair accessories. So when I went natural, the struggle that I personally had was finding hair accessories that were natural hair friendly. Because I learned very quickly, all hair accessories are not created equal. So one of my friends, I was sharing that struggle with her. And she was like, well, why don't you just make them? Because you know how I shared earlier, I've been making things by hand since childhood. So she's like, why don't you just make them? And I was like, you know what? You You have a good point. So that's how it started. I started out making designs personally for myself. And also... In the retail setting, I noticed that a lot of the hair accessory designs kind of catered to a younger demographic, to to girls. So it was difficult finding mature um, hair accessory design for women as well. So I started making them myself. And my daughters at the time, they were like still in high school. And I had three daughters. And they liked them. And they was like, well, mom, can you make me some? So I made them some. And of course, their friends saw it. My friends saw them. And then they said, well, can you make me some? So it just was a snowball effect. And um, (laughs) (laughs) it started out of necessity. And everybody ended up liking them and enjoying the designs that I created and asking me to make them for them. And, you know, like, they was like, we willing to purchase, you know, we willing to buy. So that's how it all started. That is awesome. One thing I did notice as well is that you have been featured on, was it Essence and Martha Stewart Shop? How was that experience for you? Oh my gosh. Okay. Normally when you get featured on those things, you don't get notified. Um, I found out about the essence because I got this big surge of sales and I was trying to figure out where is this traffic coming from? Um, One of the things that I do is I regularly check my stats and um, insights. So I said, let me go on here and see what's going on. So I looked and see where the traffic was coming from. And I saw Essence.com. And I was like, hold up, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And so I Googled um, Essence and my brand name. And lo and behold, yeah, that's where the traffic was coming from. Same story with the Martha Stewart shop because I noticed I kept getting a lot of orders from like Midwest region. I was like, hmm, this is not my normal, you know, demographic. So I said, let me figure out where, you know, (laughs) this traffic is coming from. So that's how I found out about that because for that particular culture, it's more of a beach thing, beach wear for them. Okay. So, yeah. So, even though my target audience is Black women with natural hair, um, and that's who my content is created around, I still attract other audiences. Oh, that's well. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. 
Okay, so now, you know, I do want to uh, switch gears just a little bit because I did hear you say you went natural in 2001. Right. Um, can you tell us about that experience? What was your, um, what was your, what was that thing for you to make you say, I'm going to go natural? Okay, well, unfortunately, it was a traumatic experience. I experienced hair loss. Hmm. Yeah, um, I, it was a bad salon experience. Um, I kept complaining, you know, to the stylist that something not right, something not right, you know, because at that time, I was regularly getting my hair relaxed. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, you okay, you okay. And lo and behold, I was not okay. Um, I, I experienced hair loss. And that was the thing that said, you know what, enough is enough. Yeah. Um, let me stop this. Let me find another alternative. And so then that's when I chose to return back to natural. Okay. So you were natural before. No, I guess I always say return. Okay. Um, I get your because... okay. I get your lingo. I get your lingo. <laughs> that's right. We're gonna go back to who we are. We wanna go back. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so let me ask you this. Were was it a, a difficult transition for you? Because when you have been relaxed for so many years and you know your hair that way, like you can relate to your hair being in that state. And then when you go and you let go of all those chemicals and you start afresh, was that experience difficult for you? Was it hard for you to accept your new image and your new hair? How did you adjust to that? Okay, the the way I just, I did not do the big chop. I transitioned. So I basically allowed the relaxed hair to grow out. And as it grew out, I, you know, cut it. Um, so it was difficult in that at that time um, with the natural hair community, it hadn't really had gained the momentum that it has now. Mm-hmm. So trying to figure out how to style my hair and main, you know, in the way it looked was difficult because I didn't know how to style it or how to wear it and as it grew out. So that was, that was a difficult time, yeah. that part. Now, the part as far as accepting it, I think I, I was able to embrace embrace that choice that i made but my challenge was more with styling it and Mm. figuring out what that looked like for me yeah yeah i think i think a lot of us uh struggle with that in our beginning journey and and especially if you started in the late um i don't say 1900 (laughs) like in um early uh, 2000s because that's when I started my journey as well it was like 2002 2003 and right. it was difficult you know but I did start from the big chop and my biggest thing is like you said was learning how to style it like how to wear it um another big struggle for me was um product like knowing what to put on the hair because you gotta think like we didn't know there was no education or there was not a lot of people that's that was, exactly what I was gonna say. It was yeah. it wasn't much education and absolute um, information out there like it is now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then this big wave of natural hair um 
the boom just came. It was like a wave of information and people sharing their experiences. And this is what I do to my hair. And this is how I maintain. This is the product I use. And then, then the term product junkie came about. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, because like it's so many products now as well. So it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot. And you know, they, they even have products out now that caters to certain textures and certain hair types. And so the, the industry has really grown over the last, I'll say the last 20 years, 20 years. Yeah. The last 20 years, it has really, really picked up and gained a lot of momentum and it's more accepted because you know, because I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Um, when I first did my big chop, I had family members like, is she okay? What's wrong with her? She cut all her hair off. And it's just that I wasn't lost. I just was, I was just going back to who I really was and growing my hair out. And so I think a lot of people may have experienced that as well. Not really, um, just having people wonder like, baby, what's wrong with your hair? Do something to your hair, comb your hair, even (laughs) in the workplace. Yeah. And then for me, I, like I share, I have three daughters. They they are adults now, but at the time, um, because I was going through that, um, I chose natural hair for them as well. And once they got, you know, in their early teens and preteens, I let them decide, you know, if, if this is a journey you want to continue, you can, if not, that's cool too. You know, it's acceptable. Um, but, um, but my girls chose to remain natural. So just having that experience with them, um, was, was very interesting because I, I agree because, you know, even for them with dating, you know, and finding young men acceptable, (laughs) you know, so it, it was, it's, it's definitely been an interesting journey. That's for sure. That, you know what? <laughs> There's two things that I want to talk about that you just highlighted. And the first one was, I think it's awesome that they remain natural. And mm-hmm. I think now we have a lot more mothers that are raising their children to be natural. And you got to think when we grew up, it was about, first it was relaxers and then it was jerry curls. And right. then back to the relaxer, you know, or I'm sorry, the press. But it was always something to rearrange our natural texture. And we really never grew up, a lot of us, I shouldn't say we, but a lot of us, I think, grew up with, no, with, with the belief we, something's not right with our hair. We have to change our hair. We have to change the texture, whether it be through a pressing comb, a jerry curl, or a relaxer. That's what it was for us. <laughs> right. And I agree. I agree. Yeah. And then the second point that you raised was about uh, finding young men that would accept natural hair. And I remember, oh, goodness, so many guys would, they was like, oh, you natural? Girl, your hair is nappy or this and that. And, right, right. You know, it was always a stigma about that. But now there are so many men out in the world that is so accepting of natural hair and they love it. You know, they love locks. They love natural hair. They love their women. Uh, wearing their own and so I, I think that's just show how much we we've grown to accept ourselves and right, most right. importantly love ourselves so I love that good for your daughters yeah I'm, I'm and they I'm 
like I said, I left the choice up to them, you know, because I felt like that was important for them to decide for them themselves. So I, apparently I set a good example. So yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Okay, one more thing I want to ask you is, is there anything you want to share with us? Any tips or myths or anything that you want to share with the audience today? Okay, I guess a myth that I would like um, to dispel is a, a lot of times headbands get a, a bad head wrap, okay? Because yeah. um, <laughs> a lot of people complain about headbands um, causing headaches and things like that. And it's really not the headband, it's just how the headband is created. Mm. Um, because all of my headband designs are adjustable. And the reason why all of my headband designs are adjustable because I feel like the wearer should be able to control the amount of tension that they have. And that's because that's what caused the headaches because nine times out of 10, the headband is too tight. So with the adjustable headband, you're able to control the tension and how much tension it is. A lot of my customers who are lock wearers love that fact because they say as lock wearers, they have a hard time finding headbands that fit over their locks. So I also saw that problem <laughs> as well, you know, because they're still able to wear the headband design. So I just wanted to spell that myth. Um, it's not the headband itself, it's just how the headband is created. Yeah. That's and, a and that's point. why I opened up with all head all hair accessories are not created equal. <laughs> that is good. No, that is really good. And I like that point. Because you know what? Um, I don't wear headbands a lot for that reason. Because I'm <laughs> I'm like, man, my head is just it's you know, it's starting to hurt and not knowing that it could just be because it's too tight. Um, and, and it's not adjustable. So I really appreciate that. That is a good tip. Now I have to go order some headbands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that that was, and that what inspired you know our design as well because when we did when I did our customer research, you know that was one of the biggest complaints about headbands. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, now as a brand, how can we solve this problem? for that particular customer base. That is and awesome. That's how, right. And so we figured out, you know, how to make our design adjustable. That is so cool. I love that. Thank you so much. And could you please let us know where we can find you at if they want to buy products, if they want to follow you, your website, okay. your SD, all that stuff. <laughs> okay. On social media, our handle is the same across the board. Uh, we make it easy for people to find us. It is at Scenic Glory. We're on the majority of the platforms. Um, as far as our website, same thing, www.atscenicglory.com. Um, our designs are available for purchase on Amazon, Estes, and We Buy Black. Um, marketplace platforms and uh, yeah that's it awesome well thank you so much for being a part of the natural hair education podcast I appreciate this 
And I, the moment I get my jewelry, I'm posting and I'm tagging you in my picture. Please do, please do. Because I actually, I, I tried, I just got home, to be honest. I was traveling this weekend and I saw your order. So it is packed. It will be okay. shipped out, out tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. Yay. Okay, cool. I am so excited. Well, thank you, Miss Tanya. I love accessorizing my hair. I love Afrocentric earrings and jewelry. And I'm pretty sure you do too. So make sure you guys stop by her website and see what she has to offer. And if you love her items, be sure to purchase. Before I let you go, I want to let you know that I have a Facebook community where we can connect and I can get to know you better. And I can actually serve you on a personal level. So make sure you check out the show notes, um, become a part of that community, and I will see you on the other side. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, let's continue to educate, embrace, and empower our essence through the love of natural hair. I'll see you next time.